Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of RinkRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville. Before we get going, I want to let you know that you can find us on Twitter, at RinkRoyalty, and also at Royalty underscore pod. We have got a great show lined up for you today, an insider edition of our podcast today, if you will. But before we get going with that, I want to bring in our panel today. First of all, I want to bring in Mr. Ryan Sykes. Ryan, what's happening, brother? Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. How are you tonight? Oh, pretty good. You know, I'll tell you what, it's always good to do a podcast the day after the win. Just puts everybody in such a good mood. And especially to beat Vegas last night. That was a great game all all around. Huge win. In the fortress, too. That was the best part. Yep. (laughs) All right. And our other co-host for this evening is Mr. Ryan Cowley. What's happening, Ryan? Uh, uh, Scott, not much happening. Thanks for having me. Um, As you said, uh, I'm always on a high after the Kings win, so tonight's no exception. <laughs> That's right. This is going to be a really good mood show tonight. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So without further ado, I want to bring in our guest this week. Uh, like I just said, we're uh, kind of an insider edition, and you will know this gentleman as soon as we start talking. Uh, you'll know him from his work on uh, LA Kings Insider, and he's also on Twitter giving us all kinds of good Kings information. So I want to bring in Mr. Zach Dooley. Zach, thanks for coming on. How you doing? Yeah, that's a great intro. Thanks you. Thanks for for having me on. Uh, excited to chat with you guys for a bit. Well, we're excited to have you. <laughs> Uh, so listen, uh, before we get going with some Kings news, uh, give us a little bit of background information on yourself. So how did you get into journalism? Um, so I, uh, I studied at uh, Marist College in upstate New York that, Scott, you probably know. Ryan's, <laughs> you, you guys probably have never heard of uh, Marist Red Fox. Actually, and, uh, sorry to cut you off right off the bat. One of our writers uh, is currently a student there. Oh, well, how, how about that? That's a, good, yeah. uh, that's a good person to have on staff then. If I, uh, without reading their work, I'm going to guess it's very good. Yeah, so when I when I stalked you on LinkedIn, I I noticed the, the similarities. Yeah, Marist College. Um, yeah, emphasize stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's uh, that's why it's there, right? So you guys can get get your background on me for this interview. Yeah, um, no, no. Actually, to be honest, um, uh, uh, my old colleague and I in 2016 we covered the AHL All Star Classic, which was in Syracuse. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a way to day off. Uh, 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 um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, so we basically spend the whole day just, just like driving from town to town and upstate New York, and, and yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. And I you know, know, we I, known you that we could have stopped and had a beer somewhere. Well, no, no. no. Um, uh, hey, uh, once the borders open up, we can do that. Absolutely. We'll all be in Buffalo. How's that sound? Sure, sounds good. Yeah. Buffalo, it is. Buffalo, oh. it is. <laughs> Um, oh, sorry, that's sidetracked already, Zach. That's yeah. just kind of how we roll around that's, here. That's so. what a good podcast does, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, um, guys. No, we're all good. I could talk upstate New York for for the whole segment if we wanted to, but um, oh, you know, don't. it was. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but Marist College is not in upstate New York. It's in uh, Poughkeepsie, which is a little bit closer to the city. Oh, wow. um, and we had a program called uh, Sports Communication, which is what I studied. Um, I, to be honest, you know, I was the, the sports editor for the, the student newspaper there. Um, but, but I didn't really know if journalism was even the route I wanted to go. Um, and for most of, I guess, my career to date, like I wouldn't say I really was in journalism or in media. I was more on the team side, which is always, you know, the way I thought I would go. Um, but, but I did kind of have that background in journalism from my time in school. I covered, you know, the, the division one teams at Marist. Uh, we had a great women's basketball team, which was what I, what I mostly uh, covered, um, but it was certainly now, I think, a lot more applicable than maybe what my previous jobs were. So once you got done at Marist, uh, where'd you get your start in uh, professional journalism? Uh, my first job was with the Utica Comets in the AHL. Um, Very familiar with them, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what a one. <laughs> well, only about 20 minutes from there. So. You, you would be. So, I mean, the odd, I mean, you've, you've probably been there. It's a, it's a great building. Um, I loved working there. It was, you know, such a crazy atmosphere. You know, it's one of those, it's about 4,000 seats and it's got some architecture that's like Madison square garden where the the fans just rise straight up. So it feels like they're kind of over the ice, like one of those typical minor league barns that you'd see in Slapshot, which was actually filmed there, which is like a little fun fact about the odd. Um, but it was a really cool place. Yep. Yep. That was, that was filmed at the odd. Uh, which is kind of cool. And um, it was my first job out of college. And it was also the Comets first season as an organization. So it was kind of built to build an expansion team. And I was, you know, just a, just an entry-level person. Uh, But Robert Esch, you know, former NHL goalie did such a good job of building a great staff there. 
Um, and I had a really good year in Utica. I did a lot of different things and it eventually, you know, led to, to Rob and a couple of people helping me uh, to move on to, to Adirondack. Um, and another little small Utica connection was that uh, the broadcast there was Brendan Burke, uh, who currently calls yep. oh, the, yeah. the Islanders games. Uh, but when Brendan would go, great guy and a terrific broadcaster. Absolutely. Um, and when he would go to do uh, TV games for Fox Sports, the guy who filled in for him was Alex Faust. Oh, wow. The voice oh. of the Kings. So Alex, uh, was it was yeah. his first, I guess, job too, if you will. So he would, I got to know Alex a little bit in Utica. And then funny enough, now, you know, six years later, we're both with the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a really small world. Yeah. Small right. world. Yeah. You never, never knew and, you you know, know, where, where it would take you, but hockey's just got those connections. Yeah, and not to waste too much more time with the, the Utica odd, but for just for Kings fans that are listening that have never heard of the odd, think of the old uh, fabulous form roof, the way the, the suspension was, and that's pretty much exactly what it's at the odds. So I think there was only like three buildings that were built like that, Madison Square Garden, the form, and the odd. So it's, you know, it's a relic from the past, but it still, uh, still serves its purpose, and it's uh, very, very nicely redone now. So, but, uh, so anyway, so you ended up with the, the Adirondack Thunder and the Adirondack Flames, is that correct? Yep. Uh, so I was with the Adirondack Flames for one year um, in the AHL, um, and we were kind of in that same boat as, you know, how the Ontario Reign came to be formed because, you know, when the teams all moved west, Adirondack was one of the teams that lost their AHL team, um, moved to Stockton, Manchester moved to Ontario, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I was kind of bummed at the time. Like, I went to Adirondack. It was pretty close to where I was from excited to work there in the AHL. And then you kind of get like forcibly demoted without doing anything wrong. And you're kind of like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm in the ECHL now, but it was actually like a really great experience. Um, Adirondack did some, did a great job. We had a lot of, a lot of great staff um, in Adirondack with the thunder. I, I really loved my time there. Allowed me to be close to home. And when you're in the ECHL, you learn really quickly that like, you got to be able to do it all because in the ECHL, sometimes you're on a staff of like 10 people and you still have to do everything that a normal team would do, but you have 10 people in a small town. Um, so it definitely pushed my limits and made me a lot better, you know, being able to do a bunch of different things as just like a, an office worker. You go anywhere from writing a cool story to wearing the mascot costume and everything in between. <laughs> wow. And I'd like to stick with writing stories and less of <laughs> yes. wearing the mascot costume. For it. Well, you are a true jack of all trades then. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. So, Zach, then what kind of led you to the rain? Um, so our broadcaster in Adirondack was uh, Cameron Close, who mm-hmm. called the rain for the last three years. He left uh, Adirondack the year before me and went to Ontario uh, to become the play-by-play guy for the rain. And uh, the person who was doing communications um, and the, the insider stuff, uh, he had left mid-season in 2017-18. Uh, and Cam just kind of said, hey, like, I, I think this job's going to kind of open up. Just kind of keep an eye on it. And, you know, hockey is so – it's so connection-heavy. You know, it's knowing people and, you know, having people who will go to bat for you is, is really huge. So Cam was a huge factor in helping me to get out here. And, you know, several interviews later, um, I was eventually, you know, fortunate enough to, to get hired for the job. And I actually got the job in April, 2018, when Adirondack was still in the playoffs. So even though I got hired in April, I actually stayed in Adirondack for like two more months because we went on a pretty crazy run to the conference finals. So I kind of was like an absentee worker for the rain for a while. Um, but it was, it was a cool process and, you know, it was, 
best decision I ever made moving from upstate New York to California for, you know, really great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. better weather too. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to uh, scrape my windshield. I mean, that's off. a given. Dude. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. if you want, we'll, uh, we'll edit out that mascot part. So they don't ask you to get into the Kingston costume or anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, um, I'm not volunteering. So if they, if they want me to go that route, um, I don't know. They're going to have to just throw me a bonus check or something. No, no. It's like the yeah. rain fence. That Kingston yeah. has got some great moves. Yeah, they, they would know. They would. They would yeah, know right. that something was up if I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zach, did uh, Cameron? Did he move on to the Carolina Hurricanes? Uh, Cam's actually with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Oh, that's now. right. That's yeah, right. got a new okay. job uh, in the off season. I'm excited for him. Sinks to lose him. Was a great, uh, a great guy and a great play by play guy for the Rain. But you know, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll see him back at some point. You never know. You never know down the road. It seems like right. we follow each other around the country. So. Uh oh, um, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed Cameron's calls on the the rain games. But um, just a quick sidebar: uh, Josh Schaefer this year from Arizona State called one of the games against uh, I think it was Tucson. Mm-hmm. Anyways, very ener- energetic guy, you know that. Um, and I had tweeted, uh, I sent out through the Rink Royalty thing. You know, this guy, I'm not sure who it is. He can make pouring a bowl of cereal exciting. Uh, I guess someone sent him that tweet and he recorded a video of himself pouring a bowl of cereal and doing the play by play. I like that. That was kind of, I'll just send that to you. And he won the internet that day. Yeah. Everyone gets a day and he he got his day. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Josh is, uh, Josh is talented. Now we're excited to add him into the, add him into the mix this year. I mean, it's not every year that you can have a Hall of Famer calling your games either. So yeah. you had Nick Nixon doing a, yeah. a handful of games too. Daryl Evans on the call. Uh, Francisco Rivera did an excellent job in his game. Uh, so it was cool. You know, we, we loved having Cam as our permanent voice, but also like a cool opportunity with the rain to use some different voices. And I think we had a, have a really good collection. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. They do a fantastic job. They really do. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. But uh, so now you're now you're the L.A. Kings insider. So so how is that the transition from going to what you're doing in Ontario to now being writing for the Kings itself? Well, it's definitely different, Um, you know, with the rain, um, you know, being the rain insider was only part of the job. You know, I was also, you know, a team staff person doing a lot of things on the front office side, Um, whereas with the Kings, you know, technically, you know, there's no L.A. Kings insider anymore. We have, you know, a few different people, you know, contributing to the site, but I'm you know, kind of the lead guy with day-to-day coverage and, and that kind of stuff. So it's been very different. Whereas for my entire career, I've always done a lot of different things because you had to. And now in the NHL, there are so many talented people on the King staff that do a lot of those things that I can kind of put more of my time and my focus into like covering the team on a day-to-day basis. And I've really never had the opportunity to do that. Even with the rain, it was, you know, I, I would try to make it seem like I was, but I really wasn't, you know, there's a lot of days where I would kind of bank things and I would just try to work my schedule to make it look like I was doing more just because there were so many other things that had to be done. And, you know, I was the guy setting up the interviews for other journalists. So if someone else needed an interview, like that was probably a day where I wasn't going to do one. I needed to help, you know, other people, you know, with the athletic or with mayor's manor or whoever else set up these interviews. So it, um, the coolest part is being able to put like all of my time and focus into, writing and into content creation and i'm you know, hopeful it's it's paying off yeah. so far 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's really cool that you, you know, you were the writer and the facilitator and I actually get to do the coverage. So yeah, you exactly. Do, you do go with the, the, the Kings on all the road games, correct? Yeah. Yeah. This year I've been fortunate enough to be in the bubble with the team. Um, and I've been able to travel uh, around the division. So, so how is that? I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, in a normal season or whatever, it would be, you know, much different, but I mean, is there, when you say the bubble, so you just basically have to go right back to the hotel. You can't do anything or is that. Yeah. Um, we're at the rink and mm-hmm. we're at the hotel um, is pretty much all it is. And you, you kind of base your day around when you're able to eat. It's kind of like the only <laughs> thing you can do. Um, and I think that the Kings have done such a good job of sticking with the protocols. I think that we've maybe, I think we've been on the stricter side around the league. And I think it's probably shown that, you know, so far, knock on wood, uh, the Kings have only had a couple people on the COVID list throughout the entire season. I think that's a testament to how well they've done at following like the protocols that's been set up by the league and even going above and beyond those league protocols. Um, so it's, it's been a weird, weird year to say the least. Like it's, it's kind of strange because it's exciting for me to be traveling, you know, full time with an NHL team, but at the same time, like a lot of the cool perks of traveling, you know, being able to see all these great cities aren't a thing, you know, you can just, right certain places you're able to walk to the rink and that's about the most you get get to explore is just you know whatever's between your hotel and your rink in a couple of places where it's walkable so it's been a weird year um, but for me it's still been really exciting and you know being a part of something that hopefully we're never dealing with again in our lives yeah. I think it's something that I'll look back on hopefully as being like well that was kind of cool in a weird way yeah if that makes sense Mm-hmm. No, it's, a, yeah, it's an experience sure. that you can say you experienced, but it was like, hey, once was enough. That was all yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully for all of our sakes, this is the only time we're doing anything like this ever again. And hopefully we're all yeah, you know, at the close. at Staples Center as soon as we can be. Right. Because, I mean, the one of the obviously the huge difference is you pretty much have to do everything via Zoom. Yeah. Correct? yeah. You had a morning skate or a post game conference. Um, we know Drew mm-hmm. Doughty likes it that way, but uh <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about it there's definitely pros and cons um i think i see less of the cons because i am traveling and i am kind of around the team and around the players and coaches more than you know someone who isn't a part of like the testing protocol um i mean the the pros for me are that you know you after a game you can kind of just relax and click a button and you're in the post-game press conference in a normal year you're you know rushing to an elevator with 30 other people and sprinting over to the locker room just to be able to go inside and you know, ask the players your, your questions. Now you, you just sit in your chair, put your feet up and, and click yeah. into the zoom link. So I, I try to look at it from the positives that way. Um, the negatives are definitely all the other stuff, you know, you lose some of those relationships and being able to have more of a selection of, you know, who you might want to talk to on a certain day. Um, but I think I'm extremely fortunate that I, you know, I'm, am a part of the traveling staff. Whereas, you know, for someone who's maybe an outside media person, it, it's probably a lot tougher for them. Um, I think those are the people that it impacts more than me. Um, and and the, I will say like the, the staff with the Kings does, does do a really good job of making sure like Todd McClellan is available every single day and there are, you know, multiple players available every single day. So it's, it's been, you know, I think everyone's making the best of a tough situation. Um, but I'm just trying to, be as positive about it as I can. And, and really it, it's um, I think it's affecting a lot of other people more than it's affecting me. Yeah. Zach, yeah, yeah. how do they, how do they uh, typically go about just grabbing two players? I don't know exactly. You know, I think, I think there's a, 
you know, requests are taken. I think, you know, if people are, a lot of people are asking for a certain guy, I think, you know, the team will do their best to make that player available. Um, I think it's also, you know, you don't want to make the same guy available five straight days. So, you know, there's a, a concerted effort to make sure that different voices are, are speaking and, you know, that still recognizing that, you know, we're getting guys like Kopitar and Dowdy and Brown regularly. Um, You know, they're the leaders on the team and making sure that those guys, you know, speak. And I feel like there's been a pretty good mix of players available this year. Um, There's no one, at least for me, you know, you guys are listening too, but who I've been like, man, I, I wish I got more of this guy. I feel like there's been a pretty good, good collection of the younger guys and the older guys. You know, I think that that's very true. I mean, and that's you know that's kind of the, the beauty of it, really. But uh, you know, the Kings did just pull off a couple of trades. So real quick, we know we told you before we came on that we were talking with uh, Drew Way from Booster uh, Breakaway about the Brendan Lemieux trade. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I like the Brendan Lemieux trade. Um, I think that the Kings acquired a a player who they don't really have anyone like him right now on the roster, you know, he's a, a sandpaper guy. He's kind of a get under your skin guy an energy guy. And, you know, the Kings have players who have maybe a, a trade of those here and there, but like Lemieux is a different kind of player. And I think that he kind of fits into the mold of like what the Kings are looking to get. Like he's, he's 25. He's still pretty young. He's under contract past this season and he's controlled past that. So it's not a rental by any means. And the price was only a fourth round pick in a draft when the Kings had two fourth round picks. So mm-hmm the risk on the deal is minimal, if any. And I think that, you know, not expecting that the Kings got a 30 goal scorer, but I think you, I think it's fair to say that if it, if the trade works out, they got a, a solid role player for a very low price. So it feels like a low risk, but a, a pretty decent potential for a reward kind of deal. And I like those kind of deals. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, Zach, I kind of likened it to um, the next Kyle Clifford, at least the, the role, maybe not necessarily, the exact player, but if you look at like his age 25 to age 26 seasons, a lot of his stats are projecting toward where uh, Kyle Clifford was at. I think you, you know, some of those qualities like that um, the Kings just, just haven't had a player in that mold in a little bit. And I, I like the, I like that they tried to get something that they didn't have. And I think that when you, you take a, make a trade like that, when there's really no risk involved, it's, it kind of feels like a win-win. Like worst case, you lost a one of your extra later round picks to try and right. make your team better. And I like that. Uh, I think it was a good move. Oh, you know, absolutely. And you know, not for nothing, it's it's players like Brendan Lemieux that you need if you if you're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You need that guy, yeah. right? And you know where I live, so there are a ton of Ranger fans around here, and a lot of them are upset by it. So the Kings won. That's all I got to say. I have a lot of a lot of friends who like the Rangers, and when I asked, you know, they they seem to like Brendan Lemieux as a player. I think he's that yeah. guy who does things that fans kind of are drawn to. Um, so you know, once he's finally able to to get into the Kings lineup, I'm I'm excited to see how he fits in. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a nice ad. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, just kind of transitioning from that, where do you see or who do you see him replacing in the bottom six? That's a good question. Uh, I think. This year, especially, it's so hard to look even more than a day in the future. Um, that, like, you know, we saw last night or uh, when we we're recording this, is Leas Anderson came in, you know, from not playing in six weeks and played a hell of a game for the Kings. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I wouldn't want to sit here and say, hey, it makes sense. He's going to go in for 
Leah, Than- Leah Sanderson, he would have said is the 12th forward, but maybe Leah Sanderson has done enough to stay in the lineup. So it's a good question. Um, I'm not sure the answer. I think there's, you know, so many players who can play in that bottom six for the Kings that it's just going to be up to the guys, like who's going to be consistent, who's going to earn their job. And I think that it's kind of a good problem to have with that healthy competition where you don't know, like, all right, he's obvious. It's obviously he's in for this player. I think there's, there's a debate to it. And I think that's, that's kind of what's, what's good about what the Kings have in the bottom six. Yeah. And his ability to play both the left and right sides is extremely versatile in that sense. It's always really Um, helpful. Matt Luff goes on waivers today. Uh, We are scheduled to have him on the program next week. So we're hoping that he clears waivers, of course. Um, If he clears, I guess, what role do you see carved out for Matt Luff this season? He really hasn't played all that much. He hasn't. Um, And I think, you know, if he does clear, it opens up flexibility for the Kings. He can stay on the active roster. He can go to the taxi squad or he can go to the rain and he can do that with freedom, you know, for the 30 day period, it would be, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Matt Luff as a person and as a player. I think he, you know, my time with the rain, he was one of the best players on the Ontario roster. You, You see his shot in the AHL, his offensive instincts, and how he evolved in the other areas of the game. And you're like, you know, this is a, this is a good player. Like he was an impact guy in the AHL and hasn't quite had that consistent run of games yet in the NHL, but it's also maybe easy to forget that he's not old by any means. You know, he still has some time and I'm, I'm hopeful that he does stay with the organization. Um, Cause I, I like, I like Matt Luff. I think he's a, I think he's a quality player. And, you know, I, I hope he finds the right fit, you know, whether it is with the Kings or whether it's somewhere else, I, I would like to see him stick around. And, you know, I think he's a good guy to have around. Yeah, and I looked yeah. up his uh, game logs a few couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Kings have recorded at least a point in nine of the 11 games that he's played in this year. Um, I'm wondering if he'll, I mean, kind of to your point, Zach, I'm wondering if he'll go to the rain. And then he'll go the Michael Amadio route, will, where he might have enough trade value to get a 26-year-old left-shot defenseman. You know, well, they they just got one, right? Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of got one. Alluding to, yeah. <laughs> no, that always kind of reminded me of the Johnny Brzezinski situation. You know, it, it's very similar to me. But I mean, I I, I hope Lufford catches on. You know, like you said, Brian or Zach be it with the Kings or, or wherever, because he, he is a great guy. There's just no no getting around that. Yep, an awesome but, person, awesome person. Um, and, you know, I think, too, in this year especially, you can't have too many players, you know, whether right. you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so you, you have a guy who, say he does clear waivers, and you, you know that you have a guy who can plug into your lineup, and he's, he's not going to be out of place, and you know that he's not going to be overwhelmed by playing in the NHL because he has the games there. So I don't think you can have, you know, this year, especially enough guys like that who are an option. Right. Right. Absolutely. So we've, uh, we've got two trades in the books. What do you think heading towards the trade deadline? Uh, Hearing any rumblings about uh, anything further coming or any just opinions on what might happen? I think that uh, I'm not sure if you guys were able to listen to the, the, the King state of the franchise event at all, but there was something that Rob Blake said that really stood out to me. Uh, and it was that the Kings are past the point of subtracting and they're into a point of adding. Like the last two years have been tough because Kings have dealt away veterans. Like you guys mentioned Clifford, you mm-hmm. know, Alec Martinez, Tyler Toffoli, Jake Muzzin two years ago, like the Kings were subtracting yeah. uh, at the NHL level and they were adding in the assets pipeline level. 
but it feels like the organization now and from what uh, Rob Blake said, it confirms it. Like the Kings aren't in that subtracting stage anymore. They're in the adding stage. And I think if you look at the Lemieux deal, it makes sense because they're adding not just for this year, but they're also potentially adding for in the future. Like you have a guy who's under contract for another year and that's good. I think, you know, those are the kind of pieces you're going to add. And, you know, you see all the rumors, right? You know, there's the, right. oh, the Kings want a dynamic left shot defenseman, mm-hmm. but so do 30 other teams in the league <laughs> seem to be 31. Yeah, like I, exactly. you know, like they, everyone <laughs> wants that player, but there aren't very many of that player for a reason. Um, what are you so saying? Is that, that, we're, like, we're like the kid that wants the big toy at Christmas. <laughs> right. Except the thing is, I uh, know they aren't mass producing the toy. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. The, right? That's the yeah. difference. You know, everyone, we're everyone wants it. It'd be great to add that kind of player to the organization. If you can get an impact guy in his prime, like, of course you want to add that guy. Um, so I think that, you know, the Kings are going to be active in in having discussions and we'll see what comes together. You know, I'm, I think that if they can add and if they can make the team better, not just now, but moving forward with kind of where this franchise is at, I think they're going to try to make those moves happen if they make sense for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, exactly. that makes sense. Right? It does. Exactly. The Ontario Reign have allowed 89 goals this year. Next closest is the Iowa Wild, or uh, yeah, Iowa Wild with 74 goals allowed. Do you see Christian Wallinen as anything more than kind of an AHL depth? I think the goals are bigger for the Reign. I think that's what it is. I think the goal they have to defend is larger. I think that's the bigger issue. Um, you know what, Christian? Fiscal uh, regulation size or what? That's that's the, it's, it's not. Um, you know what, the Reign? Um, the Reign, I think. Uh, before I talk about Wolanin, like a, a much, much, much different team in the back half of their current games played versus the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up a lot of goals to start the year, very young team. And then he added guys like Kale Clegg and Austin Strand, a couple others with some more experience, and they got a lot better as the young guys matured. And Christian Wolanin should add to that. I mean, I liked that trade as well uh, because you kind of, it's kind of like a change of scenery type thing where you dealt from a position of strength at center um kings had a lot of forwards um, you know we, we just talked about it with luff there's almost there's not even enough spots for the forwards right. here and they added a, a left shot defenseman in Wolan and and at the time you know olimata was was already injured and now after the trade you know toby bjornfit takes that hit uh, we don't know exactly his status but mm-hmm. todd mcclellan said he's doubtful um at least in the interim so you add to maybe a position where you could use a little bit more depth so in the interim that probably helps the rain um, with a guy who's played and had a lot of success in the AHL. His only season in the AHL, he was you know in the top 10 in the league in points per game amongst defensemen. So he's a good puck-moving guy. I think he definitely helps on the blue line there. And there's also a guy who has played in the NHL. So if if the need is there, and right now, you know the Kings behind Mikey Anderson um, and Curtis McDermott don't have another left shot D in the NHL. So maybe there is a fit for him to get some NHL minutes too. Yeah, And I was going to just touch on his, I mean, you said it yourself, but he's two years removed from a 31 point season and 40 games for the Belleville senators that same year. He had 12 points and 30 games for the Ottawa senators. So I guess kind of to wrap up the Willannon thing, I do think there is some potential for him to see um, maybe an Austin strand type role on the left side at the NHL level. I think it's kind of, you know, it's what he's kind of been, right? Like a, de- a depth defenseman in yeah. the NHL. He's played played some minutes, um, but maybe hasn't cemented himself as a full-time guy. Kind of similar to what you might be able to say about the player going the other way in Amadio. So yeah. 
I think it's a deal that you hope that both players find more success in their new team. Like I, I, I liked mods a lot. He's another guy who's, who's a good guy who I hope he finds a lot of success in Ottawa and you hope that Will Lannon finds a better fit with the Kings. Just one of those deals that, you know, you, you kind of hope it helps both teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. For Absolutely. Sure. And if you don't mind, we'd like to stick with the rain for just a second. So once the trade deadline is passed, who do you think is going to get the call up or which players, I guess, plural, uh, to maybe get a cup of tea with the Kings to see what they can do. Anybody in particular? Well, obviously, you know, after the deadline rosters expand, so you can kind of make those moves. I think there's two big factors at play. Um, if you guys listen to what Todd said earlier today, you know, he said when, when the Kings were in this position last year, they were kind of out of it and they could give like a, at the time a Mikey Anderson or a Gabe Velarde a larger role to see what they can do. But as long as they're in the hunt, you know, I don't think that they're in a place where they're just going to throw a kid in to see what he can do right. when they're in the middle of a playoff race. Um, that could obviously change. And there's a lot of talented young players in the rain who might be able to help the Kings win games now. Um, but that kind of brings me to my next point, which is the status of the OHL. Like if a couple of hot names are Arthur Kaliev and Quentin Byfield, a lot of fans want to see those two guys play some minutes with the Kings. So their, their status is kind of dependent on what the OHL does moving forward. You know, if, if that league starts back up, which doesn't seem imminent, but you never know in a COVID world, those guys have to leave or play for the Kings. And that might force the hand a little bit. Like, do you bring up those guys, let them practice, maybe play with the Kings or, or do you send them back to the OHL where they've kind of proven everything that they can prove? You know, those are two names that are on my mind for sure. Um, Rasmus Kupari, I didn't think looked out of place when he was called up to the Kings earlier in the year guy who's been, you know, one of the best producers in Ontario. Um, and another name who who was mentioned to me as being a guy who's done well this year is uh, Samuel Fagamo, who's out with an injury right now. But he was a guy who's impressed people within the organization with how he's stepped in in the AHL, you know, out of the Swedish league and, and done pretty well too. I'm going to try to figure out how to get Cal Clegg up there too. Yeah, and, you know, maybe the opportunity for Clegg is now. If, yeah. you know, if, if you have right. two left shot D out, maybe – Maybe that's when when Clay gets another look because he's he's got a, a good skill set as well, a very smooth skater. You know, I liked him a lot in the AHL. He was an all star last year and a guy who, you know, has gone down and and is I think starting to play pretty well from reports, you know, especially as of late in the AHL. And Zach, I'm not sure if you saw the news today, but it looks like the looks like uh Ontario the OHL, excuse me, could be in jeopardy as uh Ontario could be headed for a month-long lockdown yes. starting Saturday. Something that's obviously awful for you know for that league and for that area. Um, yeah. From a from a strict perspective of looking at Byfield and Kaliev, I think that's that could be beneficial for their development. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, terrible news if that league isn't able to play with all those you know guys who might have been in there last year who might you know lose that last chance to to play in that league is it's tough news. Uh, no, no. Uh, and as someone who lives uh, on the west end of, of Toronto, um, yeah, since I lived in the area, I've I've gone to a lot of Mississauga Steelhead games, uh, 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 which is more or less down the road. And whether I'm going to games to watch Kings prospects uh, uh, or not, just it was great quality hockey. And like you know, for the better part of the last eight months, I was I was really like hoping, uh, fingers crossed, that something would happen uh, in terms of getting a season going. Unfortunately, with this recent lockdown, it doesn't look, look like that's going to happen. So, 
Uh, so Zach, just staying on the rain real quick, Mikey Isimont, I guess what role do you see for him going forward? Um, not only maybe potentially having a cup of coffee this year, but um, beyond this season. I think that Mikey was a guy who, if you looked at where the Kings were at when the season cat canceled last year, he was probably at the top of the list of names who were primed to earn a call up. Um, I, I think he likely would have had the season played to a conclusion. Unfortunately for him and for, for the organization the, and everyone really, it didn't. Um, but Mikey made such big strides from his rookie year to his sophomore year last year. And he's kind of now in that place where he's not the shiny new toy anymore, you know, and people forget about him. You know, you look at the amount of shiny new toys on the rain this season and the <laughs> list is pretty extensive, yeah. especially at the forward position. Um, so sometimes you, you, his name gets lost in the shuffle, but from listening to what, uh, what John Robleski has said about him in Ontario, like his value is not lost on the staff there at all. Like he's a guy who's hard to play against. He plays with a little bit of an edge to him has a little bit of maybe that grit that you like to see. Um, and I'd love to see Mikey get a chance because he's put in so much work from where he started to where he is right now. He's put the work in, in the off season, you know, the strength and conditioning, he's upped all that. And I think he's developed into a really nice AHL player. The points haven't quite come for him so far this year, but there's offensive ability in there. And when he gets going, you know, I, I think he's still a, a legitimate prospect who, who could get a, get a game here and there. It just kind of depends what profile the Kings are looking for. He brings a little bit different of a style than a lot of the other guys in the system. And the Kings already have three Andersons, so they might as well have two Mikeys, which one of them already overlaps the other category. Right. So then we'll just create like a Venn diagram. It's like yeah. Mikey's Anderson, then we'll find something else. <laughs> like a 60 pop man or something. It's like a Vegas, uh, Vegas game on Wednesday. It was all three Andersons. Yeah, yeah. It's a big, big game for Andersons. Yeah, that's right. We want to see more of them too. Yeah, we'll find some more. We'll see who yeah, else is out there. Exactly. Uh, I know last night's game. I think one or two occasions at least. I think. Uh, I think even the broadcaster guy can be just like, like. Uh, um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, like, I think Anderson Leas was on the ice, uh, and he said Anderson Dolan. It's like, oh my god, my head hurts. <laughs> Too many just going by their numbers. He's like, yeah, exactly right. Done. <laughs> Who's twenty four again? Yeah. Uh, so Zach, who uh, who's been been most impressed by or intrigued by, I should say, with the Ontario this season? Uh, not necessarily point production, but in how they play the game or how they complement their teammates. It's hmm. a good. Uh, that's a good question. Um, there's just so many names. Um, who I want to I want to say here? <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Is Fagamo count? Like. Uh, I don't know yeah. if he does because yeah, absolutely. I don't know why so many, you know, highly touted players who were coming in there. Um, yeah. you know, I like I like Aiden Dudas's game. Um Akil Thomas has come on really strong in like the second half of the year. Like he was kind of struggling to put up points in his first ten or so games, and he's been about a point per game guy since. Um so I think it's been those young first year guys who have struggled to start the year and then have come on and become, you know, contributors in the last 10, 12 games or so. And that's what you want to see, you know, from young guys in the AHL. Yeah. They kill Thomas with that hat trick in under four minutes. That was just a wild game. 
Yeah. And I'll tell you something. I think Boko Amama has got to be like the reigning champion of the AHL right now as far as uh, knockouts, right? Yeah. Oh, no Boko's, a, Boko's a tough guy. And, you know, really, though, for me with Boko, like, we knew he could do that. And Boko's been a pretty pretty effective player in the games I've watched. You know, he's he's put up points. He's a very effective forechecker. And, you know, I, I'm a huge Boko fan. I've, I've enjoyed watching him um, over the last few years with the Reign. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get a couple games with the Kings, too. Be cool. I mean, I, a terrific person um, who's who's put in the work, and he's you know, he's gone to the ECHL. He's worked hard in, in the AHL. He's fought through a lot to become a regular in that league, and it, it certainly would be really cool to to see him get a shot. Absolutely. Yeah. So Zach, we got we actually have Boko coming on the program uh, at the end of this month, but I want to ask him about that fight when when we when we have him on. Um, but just as a follow up to you, I know some fans were kind of clamoring on Twitter. You know, we already have. Uh, a Brendan Lemieux and Boko and Mama, I guess. Do, is there any speculation to maybe why they didn't give him a look rather than pulling the trigger for uh, Lemieux? I don't know exactly. Um, I think, you know, Brendan Lemieux is is a little bit more experienced in the NHL. I mean, he's a guy that you know can play play the regular shift up there. Uh, I could see the point. You know, obviously it'd be, it'd be great to see Boko get a shot um, because he's – He's a hardworking player who kind of does bring some of those same elements. Um, but I think with Lemieux, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. You know, I think that you can add Brendan Lemieux to the organization because he's a younger player who kind of fits that age group between your veterans and your young, young guys. And I think that's maybe the age group where the Kings don't quite have a ton of players. Um, so I think, you know, whether you see Boko as a a shot for that role or not, I think adding a guy like Lemieux makes sense. Yeah, it does. But, you know, still, hopefully Boko gets a shot too. So I think, I think it would be, I think we'd all love to see it. Uh, Absolutely. At uh, least hit somebody the way you did. uh, (laughs) You sure would. (laughs) Uh, So Zach, as you know, we had out on our Twitter uh, page today about listener questions. So we got a few lined up for you. Are you ready? I'm just shocked anyone submitted one. So that's that's cool. I'm fire fire away. Exactly. Yeah, we are we are too. I know, right? <laughs> I'm not. And we didn't pay them to do this either. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't create any Twitter accounts today and tweet you questions. Right. I didn't, didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no burner accounts involved. All right. No. no. Yeah, Zach Dooley, one, two, three. Okay. Yeah. Well, three right now. <laughs> oh wait a minute. That was who trolled me today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the guy. <laughs> All right. So the first one is from Martin. I think it's Devon. I'm not exactly sure, but anyways, he wants to know. Are you upset at having to cover the Kings just when the rain are getting super interesting? I thought the rain were interesting when I was covering the rain. Um, so I would say no. Um, I, I, I thought last year's rain team was one of the most interesting teams I've ever worked with. Um, a great group of guys who were really coming on in the, in this, the last month or so of the season. And I think it was going to be a really exciting playoff push before, you know, unfortunately it, it got canceled uh, due to the pandemic, but yeah, it, I miss working with the rain for in a lot of different reasons, one of which being how exciting they are right now. Um, so I'll take the easy way out of that question by answering it the way I did. But I uh, do miss working with the rain. But also, you know, I think the Kings are be a, I think the Kings are a pretty exciting team to cover right now. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, they're in a playoff race. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So definitely not upset by that. All right. Very good. So let's see. The next one is from Jeffrey. I think it's Geller. So he wants to know, 
why Matloff was placed on waivers, plus the possibility of an extension for Andreas Athanasiu due to his great play this year. I think we touched on Luff uh, a little bit earlier in the program. Um, so I'll let that kind of stand for itself. Yeah. Um, with Athanasiu, I mean, you know, we just spoke with him on uh, media availability earlier today. Um, a guy who, by his own admission, doesn't really pay attention to the whole on a one-year deal at a trade deadline type thing. He's just kind of focused on on the playoff push ahead. Um, Kings have a lot of players who are kind of in that boat, whether they're an RFA or a UFA at the end of the year, Alex, I is there. Um, Matt Roy was there until they locked him up. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, if, if the Kings are, are planning to bring up and to see you back right now, I think he's been a nice fit. He's another guy who's brought something that the Kings didn't have. Like he has that pure offensive speed skill combination where, you could just snap your fingers and Athanasiu can create something out of nothing. And that's been like a nice ad. I think, I think he's been a pretty good fit. Um, so does he come back? I don't know. Um, could he, you know, does he go somewhere else? I think he's, he's proven he can be a productive NHL player for sure. Not that he didn't have that proven before, but, but I've liked him around and I'm excited to kind of see how he finishes out the year. You know, that's interesting too, because I, you know what? I, the more I think about it, I'd hate to see him go, but they could probably get at least a third rounder for him at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, that's a really tough line to walk, you know? I think you could kind of say that about a lot of things though, right? Like, like you could probably get, get some great assets for a lot of players on the team um, who are in an expiring contract or maybe a year left, you know, but at the same time, are you, what kind of message would you be sending if you traded him? You know, if you trade a guy who's playing regularly, scoring goals, are you saying, well, making the playoffs isn't important to add right. a draft right. pick? And it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. You know, sure. do you do you accumulate more assets or do you make a push and try to prove that, you know, that you believe in this group that you have in place now? That's a great point. That, that yeah. really is, and know. the fir- the first goal last night, Zach, to your point, was a, a great demonstration of his playmaking abilities. Exactly. And so was, uh, I thought so was Anderson Dolan's goal too. If yes. you saw how, yeah. you know, how Athanasiu buzzed yeah. through the zone and won that puck in the corner and he, he just threw a shot on net from a tight angle, but it caught flurry like in the feet mm-hmm. and it led to Anderson Dolan's goal. So that's just what Athanasiu can do with his speed and skill. Like it, it might not be there on every play, but like he's, when he's going, he's incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that he missed two plus weeks. If you want to count his kind of mm-hmm. uh, restart to recovering, especially because he was he was producing really well. Yeah, he made the year before he had to leave the lineup. Um, so that was that was tough too because he I thought he was playing very well at that time when he when he unfortunately had to sit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we did have another love question from Brandon McMahon, but it's been kind of answered already. So we're going to kind of move past that one for a minute. Sorry about that, Brandon. But like I said, love has been covered. So we got <laughs> so yeah. next is going to be uh, Scott Coleman. Scott wants to know, my guess realistically is the Kings will be cup contenders around 2024-25. Does this feel like a, a realistic projection or are you more pessimistic or optimistic than this? Oh man, I can't even begin to describe <laughs> what's going to happen in 2025. <laughs> um, I'll say I'll say this: I think that the Kings are on the right track. Um, I, I just I always find it kind of I don't want to say pointless because that's not the right word, but like I I never understood when people try to do a five years out roster projection because you just have right. no idea how 
all of these different players will pan out. Cause if say you, you know, five years ago, nobody would have had Matt Roy as yeah. your second pairing defenseman because no one knew who Matt Roy was. No left one would winger have had from Sean, Canada, Zach. The left winger from Canada. <laughs> no one would have had Sean Walker on the team, an undrafted guy who signed an AHL deal to start his career. Like you, you never know where these guys might come from. You never know when a first round pick might not work out or Maybe he's ahead of schedule. Maybe he is on that roster. Maybe a key contributor to the 24, 25 LA Kings gets drafted this year. You know, there's just so many right. unknowns. Like, I, I think that the Kings are on a really good track. I think they have a, you know, I think your Kopitars and your Dowdies are still going to be productive at that time. And it's just a matter of how far all these other guys kind of come along alongside them. And the, the Kings have done a great job of accumulating assets. And I don't want to say it's an unrealistic timeline. Maybe it, is sooner and maybe it doesn't work out, but I think that the Kings are on the right track and I'm excited to watch the four seasons in between there first and then kind of see, see where they shake out. So that's another kind of cop out by me, but um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say I'm optimistic compared to that timeline. If I'm going to pick one side or the other, I'm going to say I'm optimistic and be on the earlier side of that timeline. If I'm anywhere. Yeah, I think so too, because I mean, that's like you said, four seasons out. I would say within eighteen months, we'll probably know that answer because you're going to have a much better in yeah. an off season by then. So I think you'll have a much better idea uh, then, you know, of where this team might be, and you'll see that's an extra eighteen months of seeing where these, you know, twenty year old players are at twenty two. That's right. kind of that that time where you want to see a lot of these guys kind of make the jump from AHL player to NHL player and we'll see which you know are able to do so and which are able to be like not just NHL players but NHL contributors yeah exactly exactly all right so we got one more it's the grand finale here okay so this is from Colin Hibbert and he says uh let's see crystal ball gazing time who from the current lineup do you think is most likely to inherit an A or even the C do you think the Kings will have Ayafalo resigned and protected or trade him at the trade deadline and then try to re-sign him later in the summer? Um, the first part of that question, I'm going to say there's uh, Mikey Anderson and uh, Jared Anderson Dolan. Both have very good leadership qualities at such a young age um, that I think would make them good candidates down the road. Um, look at even a, a Toby Bjornfoot is a guy who wore a letter for Sweden at the World Juniors. Um was kind of in line to wear a letter even for the rain this season on a group of young players, though he hasn't really played with the rain. Um, so those are three names I'm keeping an eye on. Um, you know, if you follow people on, on social media, um, those aren't uncommon names to hear in right. that role. But if you listen to how Mikey Anderson answers his media questions and same with, uh, with Jad, you can just see the way that they speak um, kind of leads to that potential role uh, down the road. Uh, I think we're still a bit off from any kind of letter letters changing in LA. Um, you know, Kopitar, Dowdy, Carter are all under contract past this year. Um, right. So I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon, but I think those are some names to keep an eye on. Um, and then regarding I follow, um, I'd love to see him stick around. Um, he's answered that question a little bit in his, um, his media where he said he'd like to stick around too. Um, I think, I think Alex Iafalo gets such a – he's so undervalued, in my opinion, by Kings fans. Um, I think he's such a good fit with Kopitar. And I think he does so many little things that kind of go unnoticed. Like if you watch the Kings in a power play 
watch what happens every time they lose the puck. Like Alex Ifalo gets it back yeah. and he sets it right. back up. And I think that, you know, people, since I started working here, everyone's been trying to replace Ifalo on the top line for the last three years. But he's still there. You know, he's still mm-hmm. there and he's still producing at a decent rate, you know, you know, maybe two thirds a point a game kind of guy, which is pretty, pretty decent production for a player. And I, I think the way that, that he plays his consistency and all the little things he does, like that's the kind of guy I'd like to have in my organization. It's the kind of guy I'd like to keep around. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, he does stick around. And even though I, I think a lot of other teams would want him at the trade deadline for that reason, I, I don't personally think that's the route the Kings will go. Yeah, and you know the thing like with, with Alex I follow too, you, you got to remember, Kopey's still going to be around for at least about four more seasons, right? And eventually he's going to start coming down off that top line. Well, who better to have with him coming down towards like this, you know, 2C role or whatever would be Alex I follow, somebody he's comfortable with, and then eventually let the kids groom the kids to take over into those top roles. And there's and, there's no shortage of names, right, of people who, oh, right. put this guy in I follow spot on the top line. No shortage of names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's let let those kids earn that job. You know, let's you know if if one of these wingers is ready to to maybe unseat him, let them earn it. But right right now, like Alex Iafalo's earned that job, and I don't think there's a better option on this day than than him in that job. So I I, I like what he brings. I think he's maybe a little bit little bit undervalued at times. So I, I definitely you know would like to see him stick around. And Zach, technically, he's an upstater. He is. He's a he's a <laughs> Buffalo area native. So, um, but you know, I got to tell you, you made Ryan Sykes night because he is the reigning president of the Jad fan club. So, my guy, <laughs> you too. made his uh, night. <laughs> huge fan of fan of Jad. Um, liked working with him in Ontario last year, and it's been really cool to see not just that he's you know cracked the Kings, but that he's been like an impact player for yeah. the Kings. Like he's playing his game, and he's been a big piece of you know why this team has found some some depth this season well that, that was that was very informative I, I, that was a lot of fun i tell you um ryan you got anything else yeah so zach i mean i told you before just kind of in our own private um uh, conversations i've always been very impressed with your questions during the media calls but i do have to ask how are you always first to ask a question um <laughs> well a lot of times i'm the only guy who has a question yeah. so i guess that if you, i'm also the last person and that's his um I don't know. I guess I, um, I raised my hand really quickly. Um, I don't know. Um, sometimes I think, you know, I working for the team, they maybe try to set me up on certain interviews first, just cause maybe I'm going to ask a little bit more of a team friendly. Sure. Question. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's just, I'm going to say it's luck of the draw, but maybe yeah. it's a little bit of, a um, enhanced luck of the draw. <laughs> <laughs> The weighted lottery, right? It's yeah. a weighted. It's a weighted lottery. I got a couple more ping pong balls. There you go. Uh, so actually, we do have one more question for you because our producer Manny Chain has one for you, and he says he's been looking at your shirt for over fifty minutes, and he wants to know how he can get a shirt like that. This is a this is a team issued one that I got uh, with the rain. I think last year. Uh, I'm not sure if this one is sold or not. To be honest with you, I think this might have been a one that I was fortunate enough to, to get if I, working for the Kings. But Manny, if I, if I stumble across one, I will pull that thing aside um, and I'll, 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 I'll get it to you. I think, <laughs> well, I think Manny wants to start a live auction for that specific shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, please do because, yeah, I would bid on it. 
I mean, the retail value of this, we'll say it's $20. And if it's game worn by me, it probably goes down to about five, maybe $10. So <laughs> I might be losing value by, by auctioning it off. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll just make a, like a three-way trade here. If you can get him that shirt, I'll get you a 30-pack of Labatt Blue Light. We'll all be set. It's all, all right. Bad. That's a win-win. <laughs> win-win. Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah, so absolutely. Next time, um, when the season gets back to normal, we're got, we got to meet in Buffalo. We got to. Deal. Yeah, book it. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, and I'm also just two hours from Buffalo, so. We'll Absolutely. have a. We'll do a sequel to this episode in Buffalo. Right, good. <laughs> and by the way, yes, I am inviting myself. I don't care. No, that's okay. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Okay, thank you. Some we'll point on the seven one six or the Anchor Bar. How's that sound? Deal. Sure. Yeah, we'll do a do a live <laughs> live show. Oh man, that's awesome! All right, you guys got anything else, or I think that's it for me. That's it. All right. Well, listen, Zach, we've uh, taken up about an hour of your time. We appreciate you being uh, so gracious with your time and coming on to talk to us. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Zach. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And have fun the rest of the season. And uh, we'll be watching after your work, as always. So thank you very much. Cool. Good luck, fellas. All right. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. All right. That was Zach Dooley from the LA Kings Insider. That was a great great interview. You know, that was was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and hopefully we can get Manny a shirt, and uh, everybody will, <laughs> yeah, everybody will be home happy. happy. <laughs> yeah, if you see Zach shirtless, you know Manny got his shirt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. It's going to be not on camera. Like that. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, 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 oh, Scott, one a quick thing uh, before I go. I noticed that you live fairly close to Cooperstown. For the mm-hmm. baseball famous. Uh, I got a deal for you. Uh, you come to Toronto. I will give you a tour of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, I go down your neck of woods. You give me a tour of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Deal. All right. Absolutely. Cool. Nobody cool. wants to come visit me. So. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll watch hey, from afar. Um, no, I, well, you can you can make the trip, too. That's, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, I will say, Ryan, my wife and I are huge Deep Street pizza fans. So There you no. go. We'll come out of Chicago. How's that? <laughs> Actually, you know what, Ryan? I have family in Kenosha, Wisconsin, so now, oh, you're, you're now I got a reason to go visit. See, I'll stop oh, by and see you. Yes, not far. Geno's East, yes, across the border. Absolutely, absolutely. All mm-hmm. right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. We're about an hour in here, so uh, we want to thank Zach Dooley once again for coming on and being our guest. And um, hope you guys had fun listening. I know we sure as heck had fun. So, yep. for Ryan Sykes, for Ryan Colley, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening, and go Kings, go. Thank you.